This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonish Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. You haven't an idea until it gets underway. For those who are not here, paint as good a picture as you a, can. A, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. A grain of rice. Just, I just, because I love this county so much, you know. And that's it. It is all over. It is just not meant to be. Hello and welcome to the throw-in independent.ie's GA podcast in association with Allianz. I'm Will Slattery and we have another great show lined up for you today. In football, we retreated the rematches of the 2017 All-Ireland semi-finals as Mayo clashed with Kerry and Castlebar while Dublin took on Tyrone and Oma. And we'll be joined in just a moment by Tomas O'Shea to discuss all the weekend's action. And in the second half of the show, Clare legend James e. O'Connor will be chatting to us about another interesting weekend of hurling as Kilkenny slipped further into a relegation battle while Wexford continued their impressive early season form. But first, we'll start with the football. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by John Brennan of the Sunday World. John, I guess we'll start with Kerry Mayo, uh, the big game last Saturday night. From a Kerry's perspective, it was interesting. The young players played really well again. They got the win, but it was a different kind of game to the Donegal game where it was very free-flowing and end-to-end. This time, they were reduced to 13 men, and they really had to dig in and eke out that narrow win in Castlebar. Yeah, they cert- and they certainly did, which is probably what you don't expect of a young team. You expect a... You expect Kerry to do that if they had Aidan O'Mahony and Paul Galvin playing or whatever or something like that. Then they would dig out that sort of match... Uh, Instead, it was all these young lads coming out of minor and under 21, and they did it very well, and they must be very pleased. For Mayo, it's the same old story. They're as good at 15 as anyone in the country, but as soon as they go to their bench, they have a lot of players missing at the moment, Donny Vaughan, Jamie Shea, Chris Barrett, Andy Moore and Oni come on. As soon as Mayo dig into their bench, nothing happens. Like They will be very disappointed with that match. To not score for, what was it, 27 minutes playing two men extra, like, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And they miss simple freeze. Simple freeze in front of the goal. And you have to remember, in the last two All-Ireland finals, at the end, they've missed simple freeze in front of the... Not simple, but kickable. Very kickable freeze in front of the goal. Same old story for them. Great news for Kerry. You have to say great news for Kerry. I'd say Eamon Fitzmaurice would have bit your hand off for four points after two games. Yeah, it's the first time... To, um, joining the line by Tommaso Shea now. It's the first time Tommaso Kerry have won their opening two league games, I think, since 2009. Uh we talked to you before uh, their first game against Donegal and you were actually kind of tipping up uh, you know, Sean O'Shea as maybe the young player to watch. He's had, he's had a really impressive opening two games. Like, What have you been impressed about most with this team and him in particular? 
Well, I suppose, well, you look at it and what Kerry would have liked coming in, I suppose, the two wins are a, an added bonus. As you said, they haven't had that this time of the year in a long, long time. So it gives them that little bit of comfort. And I suppose they'll be able to settle into it. If they, if they had lost two games, now, they, they, they wouldn't be panicking, but they would be under pressure to stay up in Division 1 and they mightn't be playing the teams that they want to play for the right reasons. Uh, for me, look, I think five or six guys have put their hand up as real championship contenders. And uh, a lot of people spoke about young fellas not getting... Anytime you lose in Kerry, Will, there's a, uh, it's dissected like no other county. There was a lot of talk about these young fellas winning so many All-Irelands, none of them being shown up, none of them actually putting up their hand, none of them being given a chance. And I think that's what Eamon has done. I think Shane Murphy in goal could be a, a serious find. Jason Foley has put up his hand. Gavin Crowley has put up his hand. Jack Barry's been around for a year, but he's putting up his hand more. David Clifford certainly has put up his hand. But Sean O'Shea, I think, is a guy who could be key because what he gives you is what Kerry haven't had maybe in the last three or four seasons is a threat from the half-forward line, a scoring threat from the half-forward line. Somebody that would make the likes of Keno Sullivan very honest, who would have to be watched. Uh, he comes on, on this loop where they get possession inside the full-forward line, and there he is coming like a train. He reminds me of Declan O'Sullivan in his heyday. But he's a good footballer. He's a solid footballer. He's... he's he, he seems to have a, an old head on young shoulders as well. You know, he doesn't get panicked. I saw him the last night. He kicked a score. He come out. He was in the, the Mayo man's face, whoever was marking him. You know, they're actually coached well at the moment. It's early days. And that's, I suppose, throughout the leagues we're talking about early days. It's early days for Mayo. I have no doubt that they will be at the, the business end of things come September again. I have no doubt our end of, of August now, whenever it is. Um, but I suppose my worry for Mayo is... And it's not really a worry. I think they'll be there, thereabouts, right? I don't think it, it, it's in their best interest right now to be knocking up points and knocking up uh, whatever on the on the National League table. They have a system that, that troubles the dubs like no other system in the country. They have players to kind of enforce that. The Keegans, the Boyles, the Parsons, the Shays, um, the Connors, Andy Moore, like They have the players. My worry for Mayo is, right, Ono Donahue, it looks like a find, but it's like, Geez, they have a settled defence. You know, Durkin was coming on as a sub last year. Like, they have a settled defence. Neil Douglas, possibly. But, I mean, I'm not too sure will they add to what they already have. But, on the other side, I've no doubt that what they already have will be as good as they had last year again. Whether it's good enough to phone in All-Ireland, who knows. But I don't think Mayo will be happy with that second half the last day. You know, no matter who's available, who's not available, to go 20 minutes against a young Kerry outfit, who, to be fair to them, showed great composure in that second half. They didn't panic. They used the ball well. Ganey and Paul Murphy have stood up for me as, as two guys who've been around now for a couple of years and are showing great leadership. Really, really good leadership. And without the two of them in the last two games, I'm not sure Kerry would have won the games. Um, but certainly, the, I, 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 Eamon Fitzmaurice would be delighted with the way the, the, the first two games have gone for him because he has guys who are actually... I mean, you look at Jason Foley. Uh, the guy has some pace. He reminds me of Mike McCarthy in terms of... He mightn't have the football that Mike had, but he certainly has the pace and he can just get a hand in. And I think coached the right way, he would be a handful for any good forward in the country, you know. Um, and David Clifford, look, he, he got injured. There is the question, is he being flat? Is he, is he? you know, he had a game with Sigerson during the week. Well, he played three look. games in six days, Tomas. Like, surely that's too... Surely someone needs to come in and say stop. Like, I know everyone wants to see Clifford exposed in these big games to, to the top teams and see how he gets on, but playing three games in six days 
isn't going to help anyone in the long run. Well, look, they're all in the same boat. Jason Foley's in the same boat. Sean O'Shea's in the same boat. Uh, David Clifford, Gavin Crowley, they're all playing colleges football. You but he's the youngest of them all, though. I know he's the youngest, but look, you could you could go down that argument. Will is he the most physically developed? Is he the tallest? Is he what kind of a body he has? You know, it's. I don't think that makes. Um, I I agree with you. The, the amount of intensive games on the pitches that they're, especially the Sigerson lads, like the game, the pitch the last night wasn't hectic, but it's better than anything else they're playing on. They're he- playing on heavy, heavy pitches. They are be minded in between games. There's no doubt about that. But is there too many games? Of course, there's too many games. There's they're in quick succession. These young guys, the Foley's, the Crowley's, the Sean O'Shea's, the Dave Clifford's, they're playing more football in January than they'll play for the rest of the year. It's ridiculous, you know, and it's wrong. I've, I, 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 I'd be an advocate of letting the college fellas off or else put the, the college, have the Sigerson Cup. It's a great competition. I don't think it should be shelved at all at all. It's a brilliant competition. Play it in November, the footballers in the country. Play it in November. Huh? Play it in November. Play it in November, yeah. But I suppose the argument would be then they have their league or whatever. Um, yeah, I would play it in November. I'd have no problems playing it in November. I mean, the calendar, lads, is just a joke at the moment. January being the, the busiest um, month of the year, compounded by the weather we have, it's an absolute joke, like. Yeah. Um, but look, yes, there are too many games. Will he be rested at the weekend? I think he will be rested at the weekend. I think the fact that, that Kerry have won their first two games give them this kind of a springboard. They are missing 60. I don't know how they're missing so many players at this time of the year, but they are missing the players they're missing. And I think Clifford should be rested at the weekend. I probably, I don't know what kind of an injury he got. Will he be played? I think he probably will be played with the college quicker than he will be played with the county. But look, we don't know what injury he got. He came off. Uh, but there's a lot of pressure on those young lads and for the likes of Sean O'Shea he turned it on for UCC again last week um, against the guards he was outstanding again and look are we asking a young guy 19 years of age to keep this up throughout a season right now fellas are, have Sean O'Shea built up oh this could be the guy you know and there's a lot of pressure going with that um, but you, well you've done a bit of the building <laughs> Well, well I told you he was a guy to watch out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys. That's Jason Foley have a great time. Shane Murphy could be a key guy for Kerry this yeah, year. Okay. Shane Murphy in goal. Eamon Fitzmaurice, is, in all his tenure, Eamon Fitzmaurice has never settled on a goalkeeper, has he? He's he's swapped uh, Brendan Keeley and Kelly and a few others. This guy looks like he could be a goal, you know, a, a goalkeeper. Well, he has. I suppose he has that quality that 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 Cluxon has. You watched yeah. Cluxon last weekend, and he was dicing with debt, but he diced with debt like, and he will take that risk. Yeah. And Cluxon miss kicks two or three kickouts, and suddenly it, it, it's pandemonium. Whereas most goalies in the country, every goalie in the country now are it's the stats. They're given stats after the game. How many? How what percentage did you make sure of everything like that? The one thing I suppose about it is when he hits the ball out. Sometimes when he's forced to hit it out, geez, it's a really, really. If you ever notice Shane Murphy's kick, it's a really high. It's like the difference between a four-iron and, and a pitching wedge. He really puts it up in the sky and it's really, really hard to win. Yeah. Uh, but certainly he is a point for Kerry and he is a guy who, if the backs are on their toes, if they're creating space around the middle of the field, he's no problem going for that 40-yard kick, trying to plant it into a guy on the run. He's no problem going as, short. As a he former, has that confidence left-right. As a former wing-back to Moss, did you, the poor Tyrone goalkeeper took the blame for the goal against Dublin, but it wasn't his fault. He kicked it out to Hamsey property. Hamsey he had did. to pass it back to the him hand and missed it by yeah. about 10 yards. <laughs> yeah. Look, I tell you, lads, if you compare it, I had a job my job when I was a, a, a right half back was stand under the brakes and get under Dara, get under Donald Daly, get under Kirby, whatever it was, and just dive on the ball. 
But as I was coming to the, towards the end of my career, where all this kind of backs had to move, backs stayed in their position. Nowadays, backs are running left, they're running right, you're out of position. You're not going to be in a position to get a breaking ball if it goes out. And it's a risky business. Kickouts have changed so much. It's, it's you know, it is so important to get possession now. And a goalie is, once upon a time, was a guy just to drive it out the middle and sh- stop a few balls. It's so much more now, and there's a lot of pressure on him. So Shane Murphy, I have to say at the moment, he's a good plus for Kerry. Just before we move on to the Dublin Tyrone game, John, a word on Mayo. One win, one loss in the first two games. They have a really interesting game against Galway this weekend, who they'll be playing in the first round of the yeah. college championship. Like, what should their goal be for the rest of the league now? Is it semi or final appearance? Is it just on earth one or two players? Or are they just spinning their wheels waiting for the championship? Well, certainly they don't want to go down. Nobody wants to go down because Division One is where you want to be. So when you're in it, you want to stay in it. They would probably be happy enough to win three of their seven matches, get six points, and and on the love averages that'll keep them up. Find a few players, of course. Didn't see them on on uh, Saturday night. We could see them later again. Probably their lads are at college as well. They have a huge issue, Mayo, with fellas not based in Mayo. Like I mean, mm. their training is very hard for them at this time of the year. Like you imagine traveling for training tonight with the weather forecast that we have for tonight and tomorrow night and Wednesday and Thursday and all the nights. Uh, it's very hard for Mayo. What Tomas is saying, it's all about the All-Ireland for them. They'll not be bothered if they're not in the first two in the league, uh, but they certainly won't want to be in the bottom two, no. And just moving on to the Tyrone-Dublin game, Tomas, um, interestingly, in contrast to, I guess, what Kerry are doing in the league with all these young guys coming in, for Dublin, it's kind of been the rejuvenated veterans who have been really putting down a marker, like Michael Darren McCauley, Kevin McMenamin was very good last night, Bernard Brogan in the opening game played very well. So they're kind of going about it in a different way. Yeah, I suppose you look at Dublin, it's an ideal situation for Jim Gavin. Like, you have older players who are so hungry. You look at Michael Darren McCauley, Bernard Brogan, players you wouldn't, I suppose, think that would need to prove a point at this early in the season. But by God, they're doing it. Brogan looks as sharp and as fit as he's ever looked. You know, um, they have the, the ideal situation where they have young guys coming in, the Baskells of this world, the Howards of this world, coming in and putting pressure on the older guys, four or five All-Ireland medals in their pockets. And it's a brilliant situation. Like you have the mainstays, Kilkenny and Brian Fenton have hit the ground running and they are now your kind of leaders. You know, they're the guys who are, you have the Keno Sullivan's at one end, Spectrum with Bernard Brogan, with Michael Dara McCauley, with Kevin McMenamin, all those guys are coming. I won't say it to the end, but they're on the other side of, of the prime of their footballing careers and you have a group in the middle and then you have a younger group all seriously talented footballers it's a great situation for them but it's a a situation that Jim Gavin has to manage and there's great credit due to him the way that he can get them performing they hit the ground absolutely running this year what they have is is well, they have a system that is just seems seamless. Everybody just slots in. You know, there's no such thing as their game changing. They have athletic athleticism all around the field. They move as a unit forward. If the long ball is on, they'll use it. You know, they're very creative footballers. But certainly, um, Jim Gavin has a situation at the moment where... You know, I mean, Kenny, the last night, I think he's just an outstanding footballer. He's aggressive, he's strong, he's um, talented, he's a great kicker from distance. And that guy is laying down a marker. Brian Fenton has started the season unbelievably. Now, I actually feel people say, oh, can they keep going for the season? Why can't they? There's no reason why these guys, they're so professionally looked after, like all inter-county footballers should be looked after. They know when to rest and when to peak. And that's what they're doing at the moment. And they've started very, very well. It's ominous for 
for other teams down the line, you know. Uh, but look, they've 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 started brilliantly. And the Tyrone, I I do think there's been a lot of talk about Mickey Hart and the way he he sets up and the way he he plays. Like I I look, if you look at it, every team that are going to be successful have to have that block of a defensive unit. Now anybody who says that the Dubs aren't defensive might as well eat my hat because they do. They defend like no other team in the country do. But they defend high up the field. Bernard Brogan chases like a hare after people. They pressurise that ball up the front. Keno Sullivan has been a sweeper for years now and nobody, they've all been trying to do it like him. They do have a defensive setup, And I've no problem. There's no way that the defensive side of Gaelic football is going to change. It isn't. But with Tyrone, like, geez, you have players, Tiernan McCann, Hamsey, uh, Peter Hart, Matty Donnelly, Sludden, Kyle McShane, Lee Brennan, the last day impressed me, uh, McAlisky. These fellas are, are super footballers, super footballers. But have they shown that to us in the last two or three seasons in terms of their attacking play? I don't well, think so. Well, just before we get into Tyrone a bit more, we're actually going to hear a package from our reporter, Sinead Farley, who was in Oman to get the opinions of Tyrone fans about how they feel Mickey Hart is rebuilding the team. Well, to be fair to Tyrone, you know, the last couple of years, especially in the last season, they are playing a bit more attacking football, so I think they should sort of stick to what they know, see what happens again, sort of playing a sort of smooth from Maddie Donnelly. So I think, like, last week, we, you know, especially been against Galway, still off the mark, you know, especially the goal in the first couple of seconds, they got really stuck a spanner in the work, you know, but I'm sort of, you know, I'm sort of happy with the way things are at the minute, so just see what happens today. We need to change it, like, big time, because it gets, we had to double the Dublin game, and it was just a different class, like, but Tro's got the fitness, the defence, yeah, but they need to attack. I mean, there's pros and cons for it each time, I can't deny that when we were down in Dublin, we were at the game, and it was very frustrating watching this that system. It was really found out the Dubs done their done their homework, and we even though we stuck to it, it was a, it was a very disappointing game. But at the start of every year, we have this conversation, and then gain a bit of momentum. The one promising thing that I would say is that there's a lot of new blood through the Tyrone team, um, especially just when you look at the starting fifteen today, bar a few of the older heads and Cal McCarns back in there and things but the rest of them are all very young and fast and fit um, so I mean we've had a lot of joy with it but I, would, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them changing it up from time to time you know. Despite Tyrone leading at the break and Dublin being reduced to 14 men in the second half Tyrone were unable to pull off a win. Tyrone were 28 minutes without scoring while putting seven shots wide fans were left disappointed and asking questions about leadership on the pitch and their style of play. I think Tyrone's second half performance was very poor, uh, just lacking a load of leaders, particularly when the, with the extra man. I felt Matty Donnelly didn't contribute as an extra man and uh, maybe a lack of leadership, trying to pick up with Sean Kavanagh with a, and Colum, their leadership, you know, Sean's gone but Colum's leadership maybe was an important role for the night, but uh, maybe just that's the inexperience of these younger boys coming through maybe showed the night against the classy team of Dublin. Well, I think Mickey has to make some changes because um, it's just not working. Last week we were beat fair and square by Galway. Again, first half done well. Second half just weren't there. You know, when, it was, when the players were needed. And they started fighting near the end of the game. It was the fight at halfway through the game, you know. That's always the problem. However, despite a disappointing start to the league, Tyrone fans all still seem to be in agreement when it comes to manager Mickey Hart. Hart is now in his 15th year managing Tyrone and the fans are all still in full support of the man who has led them to three All-Irelands. Mickey Hart's a genius. 
and throwing. We all of my heart, but sure, who else is going to come and change it? Like he's been through a lot. He's been there a long time. He's always had his critics, but he's always answered them as well. And if you look, yes, with a disappointing games, Mayo, Curie, the years before in the semi-final, he is still winning Ulster titles, Dr McKenna Cups, and getting into all Ireland semis. So you can't help but hope and have faith, even though sometimes you're not happy with the way the games go, like the Dublin game last year, that you, you have faith that he knows what he's doing. And we do believe up here that he is... A, a genius. So that's the view of Tyrone fans, John. Um, I guess going into this game, people were curious whether Tyrone would have maybe a modified style, a slightly more expansive style to attack Dublin. And in the first half, it looked like that was the case. They were kicking diagonal balls into the corner. They were kicking some nice scores from play. They got a goal from play early on. But then Dublin just turned on the power after halftime. They had scored them 1-7 to 1 point in like maybe the opening 20 minutes of that half. So... It's still a bit of a head-scratcher where Tyrone are at. Still a bit of a head It's It's interesting, Mickey Hart's comment afterward. The game we played, he said, we'd have, we'd have won and we'd have got two points if we were playing anyone other than Dublin. So I think it's maybe more about what you said, Dublin turning on the power early in that second half. All the things that Tyrone fans are saying are right. Like They've never won a three in a row in Ulster in their history and they're going for it this year and they'll take beating. Uh, the problem arises... In August and September, when they come down to uh, to Croke Park, they've been beaten. They haven't been in an All Ireland final since two thousand and eight. Uh, it's a long time. They're sticking with this defensive system. I wonder would the bubble burst next Sunday? They have a huge match next Sunday, and their opponents have a huge match. It's Kildare v Tyrone and Newbridge. Whichever county loses that match, I'd say is heading for relegation. They've both to play Kerry later on. They've both to play Mayo later on. I think they've both to play Donegal later on. It won't be easy picking up points for whoever loses that game. So I'd say Tyrone are under huge pressure next Sunday and things might start to change. Again, they won't want to lose their Division 1 status. They did a couple of years ago. It took them a bit of time to get back up. If he's rebuilding a team, which the fans were saying, yeah, there's new people coming through, you don't want to be doing it in a dogfight in Division 2. You want your players playing against the Dublins and the Kerrys and the Mayos in Division 1. Tyrone are probably the top four team. Until last August, they were spoken of as the coming force. They were the team with the tactics and the power and the fitness and the athleticism to beat Dublin, and it all went utterly pear-shaped. Dublin just took the game plan and dissected it and beat them out the gate. So are they going to come to the to Croker and to wherever the Super 8s send them in the summer? You'd imagine Tyrone will be in the Super 8s. Maybe they mightn't, but then maybe patience with Mickey and thing might start to run out. But at the moment, he's going for a three in a row in Ulster. He will want to keep his Division 1 status. So for them, next Sunday is massive. They have got to beat Kildare. And it's down in Newbridge. It will not be easy because Kildare need the points as well. Yeah, Tomas, I, I saw you in League Sunday after the opening game that Tyrone played against Galway. They only got three points from play and you were quite critical of, of, of how they played. They got 1-8 from play against Dublin. And in that first half, they did show signs of maybe an evolving style. It didn't really keep up for the full 70 minutes, but was there enough there to be encouraged that they can maybe add a new wrinkle to their play this year? Look, I think they are capable of, of, of that style of football. I think it's brilliant when they play it at pace, I liked, actually liked and enjoyed watching Donegal and their pomp playing it. Like, the, the, the McShane's goal, a long ball went into the corner, a long ball, but it was a long ball that made it. It wasn't, if they had carried up, it gives the opposition time to set back in. They put a long ball in, it broke down, McShane got it and it was a goal. Okay, they did kick, was it 1-8 they kicked from play this week, which is a marked improvement. You see, the problem, my problem with, with, with Tyrone is what they're, the way their style of play was a McAllister fighting a lone battle on his own. They had 
13 men basically behind the ball constantly, right? They call them Kavanagh at the edge of the square. And my point is, if they had a shape up front, you see, it's too easy to play against them. The Dubs did it to a team. Now, the Dubs are the best team in the country and they'd do it to anybody. But it's too easy to mark against. It's too easy. If you counteract their running game, what else do they have? They have no outlets up in the forward. So if they have the shape of two inside men and maybe even three forwards that are constantly an option for you up front, it takes an extremely fit, fit team to play it. I just think Mickey has more options available to him. I don't think he's going to change at all at all in terms of the ultra-defensive. But even in his comment after the game, had they got that goal and had they had they taken the scores, I think they have this attitude of getting ahead and then marking, just unloading everything into your defence again and just not let them score. They'll be happy to win the game five points to four. No problem at all at all. As but every team knows now, Tomás, after the All-Ireland semi-final, that what you do is you come out and you get ahead of Tyrone. That's what you do. You yeah, take them but, out of their comfort zone now. And again, it's the league. Again, players are not playing. Again, players are playing colleges, this, that, and the other. Everyone knows next summer, come the Super 8s, which, as I say, you'd expect Tyrone to be there. Maybe they mightn't. But if they're there, everyone will just copy the Dublin thing. For the first 10 minutes, you will go at Tyrone, hammer and tongs, and you will try and get even four points to one ahead. And from there... Some of the scores... Yeah. Yeah, some of the scores the Dubs got, no, not every team in the country are capable of getting. No, that's true. But everyone will try, Tomas. (laughs) Who will? But look, I'll put it like this, Joe. If if Tyrone... Tyrone, to me, aren't a threat to the All-Ireland at all. They might win another Ulster. And, and fair play to them if they win another Ulster. It's third time in a row. Like, nobody yeah. can question Mickey Hart and what he's achieved. My point is, the way the style of football that they're playing at the moment, or they played against the likes of Galway, they played against the likes of Dublin last year, it's not going to win them in All-Ireland. No. It might be good enough to beat 28 teams in this country. They might actually beat the likes of, of, of Kerry, the way they're playing at the moment. They might beat, maybe, I don't think they'd beat Mayo. I don't think they'd beat Dublin. Uh, Kerry last year on the way they were performing possibly but I don't think I think Kerry are, are, are a team that are evolving and they're they're going to play a style of football that could hurt Tyrone as well so look it's good enough to beat X amount of teams but if Tyrone are, re, are realistic about uh, winning in All-Ireland they will have to change their style of play now you can't have one style of play in Ulster and then change it down in, in, in for, for the All-Ireland series down there it's just impossible to do so they will have to change it. now look they did get 1-8 uh, from play the last day and we saw any scores from play that they that I saw that they scored there was long balls involved they're able to do it they have the skill set to do it they have the players to do it and I think they could be a way better and more dangerous than they are as an attacking threat than they are showing up the, right now it's the other too thing, easy to play against them the other thing Tomás we're forgetting for, for Tyrone in particular if you look at their team and their style and their whatever with the Super 8s we don't know we know what the draw is but we don't know where Tyrone will fit into the draw at some point next year, or this year, if they're in the Super 8s, they are possibly going to have to go to Killarney. They're possibly going to have to go to Castle Bar. They're possibly going to have to go somewhere like that and win a game in August, in the summer. Are they capable of that? I think they are. I think yeah. they actually are capable of it, but I think there has to be change there. And I, I'm not... And people say, are you going to change the side? No. My point is, Dublin have a defensive setup that is impregnable at most at more stages uh, but still open enough Mayo have a great defensive unit yeah. Kerry I would question uh, in terms of their defensive unit Tyrone have it but Tyrone don't have the, the attacking play can they can they if they don't change their style of play the Super 8s 
they'll be exposed. I think they will. I, I think going out and basing, throwing all your eggs into one basket, we defend like hell and don't let them score and hopefully things will turn out right the right side up, up the other side of the field. No. And look, the Dubs, like Donegal came out and, and played this style of football um, with... Um, uh, with Jim McGuinness. Uh, Jim McGuinness. Jim McGuinness, sorry. Yeah. Um, he came out with that and he won. Right, and he won, and then suddenly everything became extreme in terms of how to defend and how to break out the field. Now, Donegal know that they're not going to get to the prize thing of an All Ireland final again without changing up. And I think prior to Jim McGuinness, Donegal were a team that would not scare anybody on the radar. When they went 15 on 15, there was no way. I don't think the game will ever change 15 on 15 again. I think there'll always be this element of defence by every single team. But I think Tyrone take it too far and they don't have a team that get up the field too long. They don't have shape. You always hear talk about shape. If you look at the dubs, oh my God, they always have three to four forwards up the field. How can they defend like they can and still have these outlets up in the, up forward? Like what, I mean, What that Donegal team had in 11 and 12 and 14 that, they, that Tyrone have never had was Michael Murphy and uh, what do you call him? Colin McFadden. Two big yeah, men that they could yeah. lamp the ball at if they had to. Donegal didn't have to carry it all the way. Tyrone want to carry it time and time again into tackles. Donegal, back then, they could carry it with the McHughes and Frank McGlynn and all these guys, but they also had the ability to hit a long ball at Murphy and McFadden and it would stick. And that's a yeah, huge don't have thing. To, Tyrone don't have to lose their defensive edge to add a... a, a forward threat is my yeah. like they are able you have the tier but the they need the players the they need the players the they need the big forwards who can hold the ball but lads just before we uh, we wrap up on the football uh, Tomas I'd actually just like to get your opinion on Division 2 quickly Mead you know had a good win over Kildare Cork bounced back against Down Roscommon had a really high scoring victory over Tipperary who were in really good form themselves like at a Division 2 of the first two weekends which team has jumped out at you as one that's going in the right direction well, I saw a Cork play against Tipperary. I saw, um, obviously, Roscommon are a team, I suppose. Look, they, I, Tipperary impressed me. They, they have a forward line there, McQu- uh, Quinlevin, uh, McGrath and Conor Sweeney, who absolutely destroyed Cork in the space of 20 minutes um, down in Parky Creeve. Um, I, I would think that Roscommon, Roscommon took care of, of Ross, or sorry, Roscommon took care of Tipperary. Um, meet you're talking Cork they're the four teams that have impressed me in Division 2 at the moment who will come out Roscommon look like they're in a good position uh, to do well in it um, I think Cork lads the, even just the style of play they were way more direct but there's still a lot of question marks they have a lot of young players Sam Ryan Kevin Flah have um, Sean White Kevin Crowley I think look Roscommon are after coming straight down Okay, I think they're in a position after the confidence they've got after last year and the performance they gave in the, in the Connacht Championship. They are in a good position to look at it and think, right, lads, we're in with a great chance here. The Cork got a good win against Down, but the question marks are still out there and they will be out there until Championship for Cork. Meat, I'm not too sure yet. I, I would still have big question marks over Meat. They had a good win yesterday. There's no doubt about that. It's a very competitive division. Ross Common seemed the... the the standout team for me at the moment. Meat, even though they're at, they're they're going very well, I still have have question marks over Meat. Um, and Cork, I suppose we'd look at Cork as, as Kerry people in general. They'd love to see Cork coming again, and I I, I give um, McCarthy a bit of a chance, but they still have a lot of problems in Etarn out there. Mark Collins, Ian Maguire, Colin O'Neill, these regulars, they're the standout players for Cork. 
they need to get these young fellas in and I think they're actually doing quite well they're way more direct than they were last year this over and back to field kind of passing but um, it's a competitive division but I'd look at Roscommon as being the team in division 2 at the moment now things can change Brilliant Tomas thanks so much for joining us No bother thanks lads Cheers uh, time to move on to hurling now. I'm joined on the line by Claire Ledge and Jamesy O'Connor. And Jamesy, we'll start with your own county. Two wins from two and an impressive win in Nolan Park yesterday. Their first win there, there in a good few years. Uh, you know, the, there must be great excitement and buzz around the team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, certainly it's 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 the ideal start. Um, you know, Tipperary and Kilkenny in the first two games, it, it wasn't going to be easy. Um, you know, but I think management would be delighted to have four points on the board because it does take certainly a little bit of the pressure off um, there are no easy games in this division and as I said we're in a good position now that said you know Clare I think have had, had a pretty strong team out um, you know yesterday again you know very very close to full strength against Tipperary uh, so hopefully what this does now is is maybe afford Jerry and Donald the opportunity maybe to to have a look at some other players and hopefully acquire the depth that you know with the, with the championship structured as it is that they're going to need to have in, in May and June yeah, it's interesting because I guess before the league, Jamesy, Brendan Bugler, who has recently retired, gave a kind of an interview where he talked about the setup and maybe that he felt that last season there was a bit too much training and too much focus on video analysis of opposition and stuff like that. So there was, I guess, a couple of question marks or, or a bit of a small bit of negativity heading into the league, but they seem to have, you know, wiped that away. Yeah, well, I suppose, listen, you know, victories and and winning, you know, can can do that for you. Um Listen, I suppose Brendan, you know, there was an element of, I suppose, of disappointment and, and frustration. And, you know, a lot of clear people, myself included, probably, you know, felt his services could have been uh, could have been done with maybe in the Munster final against uh, against Cork. But, you know, uh, winning, winning, you know, can solve an awful lot of problems. And, you know, I suppose the, the, the fact that the lads probably targeted the first two games, certainly Claire are fit at the moment and very fit at the moment, as are, as are Wexford. And, you know, I think... You know, winning matches just takes the pressure off the management. You know, you're 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 now in a position where you know you can afford to lose. Um, you know, certainly the next game, maybe two games. You know, find out about guys what they have, what they can give you. Um, the guys maybe that are number maybe twenty one to twenty six in your panel, because you know teams are going to pick up injuries with the games coming as thick and fast as they as, as they are. And I think the other thing that the Clare management have said about the league is that you know playing week to week. It's a perfect opportunity to, to 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 find out. Okay, how do you how do you manage the recovery? How do you manage the games coming? You know, um, from from week to week, playing four games in a five week period, mm-hmm. and you know, certainly, I, I think the Clare management, um, you know, will be happy with where they're at. And from a Clare perspective and a supporters perspective, I'd be hoping that now some of the frontline players maybe um get some rest, uh, and are fresh for when they're really going to be needed, which is as I said, like the the the, the latter part of May into June. Yeah, John, I guess because Kilkenny are taking that approach. Like, you know, well, some of the guys are obviously, you know, away on military duty and what have you, but some of the big names are absent. Like, even the forward line yesterday, you had Alan Murphy, Bill Sheehan, John Donnelly, Richie Lahey. None of these guys' household names that we might be accustomed to seeing at Kilkenny. So, although they've lost their first two games, they're at least bringing in new players and seeing if they have any other talent they can use. Yeah, it's kind of being forced on them. But, you know, you can't just go from what Kilkenny had, where they had hurlers with whom we all knew by their surname. And you just can't replace Shefflin and Delaney and Walsh and all these guys and just go seamlessly uh, from success to success. Kilkenny are, are struggling a bit at the moment. Uh, they were well out of the game for a long period yesterday. Uh, they got a goal that sort of brought them back into the game. And from then on, once they got the bit between their teeth in the second half, then they put it up to Clare. But like, what was the score at one point? Uh, two seven to two points, James, was it at one point in the game? 
Yeah, it was yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So they were well out of it. Like they are struggling. They haven't done it at underage level, Kilkenny. The the famous conveyor belt whereby Brian just whistles up an outstanding underage talent with minor and under twenty one medals in his back pocket. Actually, look at the results over the last five years. Kilkenny have had one very good underage team in that five years, and the best guy off it. He played last week. I don't think he was playing yesterday. Uh, Walsh, he got a very bad injury. He was the outstanding star of that underage team and he hasn't come through yet. So they're struggling, Kilkenny. Uh, Claire, James, I suggest they probably need one more win before they can take their foot off the gas and maybe try things. I don't know who they're next. There's a break in the hurling next week. They probably need one more win just to be sure. You want to be in the top four and six points will do it for you. So do they target uh, the next game or do they try players out? But uh, they probably just want one more game because they'd want a quarter final. Hmm. You could be playing someone like Dublin or Offaly in that quarter final, and at the moment you'd imagine that's a passage to the semi final. Now maybe when Offaly get, maybe Offaly were just much better last week. Maybe when Dublin get their players back, uh, there were a lot of players out injury, only starting training. The cool of players, obviously, but Clare could be looking at a national league semi final. You know. And and then a National League final. You want to be out there and you want to be playing matches. And Jamesy is right. The new structure of the championship, Clare need to know no team is just going to waltz through either the Leinster or Munster championship this year using the same 15. It's just not going to happen. You are going to need 22 hurlers, all of whom can start a Munster or Leinster championship match. And Clare need, probably, Jamesy, they need to find one or two more. Yeah, they do. Yeah, well, I suppose I think it's Cork next at home for Clare, and, and you know, and Clare I think have, have two league games at home. So I mean, going to Nolan Park, which is never an easy place no. to get to, and get and get a result, and particularly with Kilkenny coming off the back of um, you know, losing the Walsh Cup final to Wexford, losing, um, you know, their opening league game, you know, to, to, to Cork, it's not too often that they can lose three, um, you know, three competitive games in a, in, a, in a row. So I think you've got to take the positives out of that. Yeah. Um, from from a clear perspective, look at the, the the key is yeah you know finding out about your players you know will Peter Duggan who made an impression last year um will you know as a ball on, yeah. winner and a half forward line you know is 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 he is he a viable option at at, uh, at full forward I mean they flipped David McInerney um you know on Connor Cleary who were full back and centre back respectively but a lot of clear supporters would feel that you need McInerney in the half back line that he gives you that go forward so the question is you know when the ball starts flying can Connor Cleary you know, survive at full back, and so these are the games that you're hopefully going to be a little bit wiser about um, the answers to those questions uh, going going forward. But yeah, clear Cork at home. I think in two weeks' time, and um, you know, obviously once their final last to be fresh in the clear players' minds. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, that's one that they'll um, you know I think they'll, they'll target as a game that's, that's, that's certainly winnable because they finished with two away fixtures. And on the Kilkenny side of things, James, do you have any of those new guys Brian has brought in? Have anyone caught your eye as potential championship starters or who can contribute big time? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, Jimmy Maher um, wasn't picked to start I think against uh, against Cork last Saturday night or last Saturday night week. Um, but you know, Gareth Fitzgibbon started well, but I thought he he got on top of him, and you know, he he's a player. Um, you know, I think the Cody identified a couple of years ago and then suffered that 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 I think farm injury at home. Um so he he impressed me and um, particularly against against Cork. Alan Murphy's a good player. Um, you know, Martin Keown wing forward again. And I, I just think these guys need time. Um, you know, you have to factor in that Kilkenny are still missing a lot of frontline players. You know, you mentioned there are Lewis Espes, Paul Murphy and Colin Venley been away. You know, TJ didn't start. Um, against Cork either Richie Hogan is injured at the moment so you know they, they, they have players to come back and I don't think it'll bother Cody and Julie you know that they're losing these games the key thing is that fellas are showing appetite they're showing hunger they're showing the required work rate and commitment 
Um, and I think he's seen enough of that. And, you know, they just are down so many, I suppose, key frontline players that, you know, the results um, maybe don't surprise me. But they've still been competitive. And until Killian Buckley went off in the game against Cork, they were, they, they, they were really right in it. So disappointed maybe to, to, to you know, been as far behind as they were yesterday and they, they probably had left themselves too much to too much to do but some of those players Alan Murphy James Maher I, I think we'll see more of those um, you know going forward and they're still looking relatively inexperienced and Cody's going to going to find out a lot more about them as the league progresses I guess John the other team who stood out of in Wexford you can tell that Davies have them well drilled they've had a lot of work put in already at this stage of the season the way they're motoring and I guess Lee Chin I was, remember he, was, he met the press maybe a week or two ago and he talked about how he's basically dedicating himself to a professional style lifestyle you know he doesn't yeah. have a job anymore and you can almost tell he's, he's been the star player he's been hitting some wonderful scores yeah, he's from a range. wonderful hurler wonderful hurler yeah Wexford it's kind of chicken and chicken and egg they have they have two problems they spent so long down in Division 1B uh, trying to get out of it and wanting to get into Division 1A they finally succeeded last year they don't want to go back so they've got to take the league very seriously they've got to get six points that'll keep you up for sure the problem then is they've got to kick on in the championship. For for all that they made improvements last year, for all that they brought all those thousands of supporters to the Leinster final, for all that they beat Kilkenny in the famous night in Wexford Park, they still went out of the championship in the same place they went out the previous year, which was an All-Ireland quarterfinal day. Now, Davy has got to set an All at least a Leinster title or an All-Ireland semi-final appearance. He's got to go for one of them to say, look, we are making progress. If they go out at the same stage again or don't win a Leinster title, where are they going? What are they doing? So he's driving the players hard at the moment. They're fit. They're hurling well. They're confident. But he has this difficulty of, at some point, he has to put on the handbrake and save them again for four matches in five weeks in the Championship when they've got to play Kilkenny, when they've got to play Galway, when they've got to play Dublin, they've got to play Offaly. So he's kind of, I think, I think again, he'll be targeting his next match, get six points. Okay, that, that's relegation covered. We're in the quarterfinals. We'll get another match there. That's grand. And then maybe start trying to get a couple of players in and not driving everything out of the players he has because he's a big summer ahead. Yeah, that's interesting, Jamesy, with the new structure, I guess all those condensed matches in a short period of time. Is there a danger that maybe if you do too much work at this time of the year, you'll be a bit flat come that new provincial stage? Yeah, well, I think it's 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 a learning curve for everybody. But I think, you know, every management team and, you know, they'll have sat down with the strength and conditioning, um, you know, people in the backroom team and I suppose drawn up a programme in terms of how they, how they approach it. And, you know, some counties, Clare and probably Wexford, went back maybe earlier and, you know, got two good months probably November and December in and you know maybe you're that bit ahead for example of the Waterfords where you know they, they maybe had to come back later and it was probably the right thing to do to come back later um, and you know sacrifice the league to to, to, to an extent so I, I don't think anybody knows fully you know what the right way to approach it is it depends on the mileage on the clocks um, you, you know what pressures are, are there I mean because some managers you know obviously have to have to get results Um and have to win, have to win matches. So I, I think that Davy, listen, they'll have looked at it, and you know, as John said there, you know, the four points in the bag now, one more win, and you know, the pressure is off. And Davy, as I said, can then look at some of the, you know, some of the guys deeper in his panel because Clare and Wexford are supposed to top the table, but they've arguably had, you know, a lot closer to their starting championship 15s on the field relative to Tip. Kilkenny Watford, where you know you see Watford making whatever eleven changes. I think Tip had seven changes on Saturday night. Well, well Derek so, McGrath is one of the managers who's not under pressure, Jamesy. 
for, for yeah, just, and, and, just like yeah. Mayo footballers, there's only one prize matters this year for Waterford. Sure, they'd love the Munster title en route, but they want to go one better than they did last year. So everything Derek does is built towards being right in July and August this year. And if that means relegation from Division 1A, I don't think he'll be unduly bothered. He won't, absolutely not. And, no. and you know, and I, I think Michael Ryan won't be unduly bothered and Brian Cody won't be unduly bothered. Um, and listen, you know, we saw Galway... Uh, you know, come from one B. Yeah, um, you know, and but the last, the last and, four and league winners have come. Is it three or four league winners have come from one B? Well, th- yes, three certainly. Three, w- yeah. What for? What for? Clare and Galway. So and and even you know even going to Galway. I mean, Michal Dunne who would have looked at the league schedule and probably thanked his stars because <laughs> you know it, it was probably favourable enough opening up at Antrim and Leash and they haven't been particularly impressive, but they've been able to be you know probably below their best, get the four points on the board and you know play catch up. You know, with maybe Dublin Limerick who are further ahead because they're their last two, uh, their last two, you know, league opponents. Games. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think I think everybody is, but is just probably, you know, feeling their way around this, um, and you know, just trying to manage it. And you know, that ball is a is 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 one that's constantly moving because guys are coming back from Fitzgibbon duty. You know, they're picking up knocks, um, and and it's just really trying to manage as best the resources that are available to you. But Davy has to be happy with Wexford because. You know, Cork were right in that game. Shane Kingston had a, a great goal chance that he put over. And, you know, the, the Wexford, I thought, showed a lot of composure late on, um, you know, and got a lot of really, really good quality scores to, to close that one out. And, uh, you know, that was a good a good win for them. And, you know, John Myler probably still with a few questions, um, you know, about Cork, that when teams close them down and, and when things get tight at the back, do they have maybe the ball winners maybe that you need? So a lot of positives after the open win, you know, against uh, Kilkenny for Cork, but a few question marks after the defeat yesterday. Yeah, Jamesy, I'd be interested to get your opinion on uh, Tipperary and what they're doing in the league. Obviously, everyone has different priorities. Michael Ryan is doing a few tactical changes. He deployed Cahal Barrett in midfield in the opening game, and he's been playing Michael Breen up in the full forward line, who's gotten on a lot of ball and brought his teammates into play. So he's really kind of using the league, I guess, to, to try players out in new positions instead of unearthing new players. Yeah, and um, again, I suppose, um, you know, the thing about... Um, the, t- the thing about... Um, you know about 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 you know Tipperary. Um, you know Michael Ryan. I think is not under isn't under anywhere pressure. Um, and on top of that, you know, well, I unlike even Derek McGrath, who'd like to win a Munster title, Michael Ryan doesn't even worry about the Munster title. Yeah. there's only think, one prize yeah. matters for him. And I, and I think I think Michael Ryan. Listen, you know, will probably feel as well if Tip do end up in a relegation final. He's got enough quality. Um, you know, to 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 win that one. Um, you know, so yeah, he's experimenting. Lots of changes. I mean, Bonner. You know, there seems to be an experimentation of playing Bonner corner forward. You know, um, early on, that was something I think I'd heard in Tipperary that he was going to persist with. Um, you know, Rona Maher played midfield with 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 Barrett against Clare. He was back at wing back yesterday and was outstanding at four points. So yeah, I, I think Michael Ryan just feeling his way, trying to find out what he has and and and, and you know what options he could uh, he could potentially um you know go with come summer. And John, I guess one of the the stories of the first weekend was awfully beating Dublin and Croke Park, but there was a complete one eighty. Uh, you know, yeah. on Sunday, one twenty four to Limerick, ten points softly in Tullamore. There was a good crowd there. I guess expecting hopefully the rejuvenation to keep going, but my God, the wheels came off very quickly. Yeah, you wonder just was the head okay with with the Offaly lads? Did they just oh yeah, we're going to do this, that, and the other, and it just didn't happen for them? Did a man sent off, which uh, Limerick just picked them off straight after that. Uh, I, it's going to get hard for them now again because they've still got to play. They've still got to play Galway. Uh, they'll probably pick up enough points from Leash and Antrim, and the two they have from Dublin, you would imagine, will keep them. Will keep them up and probably even into a league quarter final, which would suit them fine. 
Uh, it was just a bit of a land for them yesterday, and a pity because Offaly people, the hurling needs Offaly back. The old swashbuckling Offaly that Jamesy will sadly remember from a few matches that she's lost over the years. But uh, it does need them back. They got a great boost from beating Dublin, going up to Croker, winning a game, and then suddenly the balloon was punctured. And uh, be interested to see how they pick themselves up the next day. Yeah, Jamesy, was it a kind of a one-game wonder, or do you think this, there is a bit of a rejuvenation Offaly hurling and they can maybe make a bit of a run in the summer and in the National League as well? I know. I mean, I think. Listen, the, the Dublin result was hugely positive. Now, you know, again, I suppose um, you know Dublin were missing so many frontline players. I think they had nine debutants, and you know, what Offaly could only beat was in front of them. And you know, I was really impressed with them on the night. Now, it's a big setback, but you know, Limerick were going up there, you know, forewarned, and you know, Limerick have made that mistake maybe of underestimating Offaly in the past, and they have drawn matches and been beaten, which has derailed their promotion aspirations. So. You know, I think credit to John Kiley. Uh, you know, they were they were ready, and uh, they you were know, coming they, out they of the traps. Going to be, they, <laughs> yeah, they, they weren't going to be uh, you know going to be caught yesterday. And you know, considering they're down, you know, the Napierci contingent, um, it was a really really impressive performance, a big score. And um, you know, Kiley has to be happy that listen, this banana skin or potential banana skin was you know, was pretty emphatically dealt with and handled. The one, the one thing for me, Jamesy, uh, there might be little shooting stars like the win over thing, but what Offaly really needs, we really need to see a very good minor or under twenty one team out of Offaly in the next year or two. They've got that; they are starting to get their act together at underage level. I know there's a lot of work going in, work that wasn't going in in previous years, <laughs> but until until they start to win a couple of minor and under twenty one championship matches, and we see something coming through, there will be these shooting stars. But just for every shooting stars, there'll be a burst balloon. Yeah, well, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. And I think, you know, awfully people are, are, are conscious of that. And certainly, the, you know, the new training centre, is, I think, is a big positive for them. Um, yeah. And it's in the hurling and, and, part and, of the and, county. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. it's listen, it's, 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 there's no quick fix. And I think awfully hurling people know that. Um, you know, but but listen, you know, again, like Leash, they lost to Leash, um, you know, in the, in, in the league last year. Um, you know, I think that's I think that's their next game. They, I think Leash or, Leash or Antrim maybe, um, you know, coming up. Um, you know, and their two games are certainly two winnable games, and that puts them into a quarter final again, where you know you're testing yourself against better quality opposition. You're finding more about more about yourselves, but certainly, you know, the genie's out of the bottle, and you know, Galway, Kenny, whoever has to go to to to, to Tullamore, you know, certainly will be wary, you know, on the back of that uh, on the back of that Dublin result, and and you know, Kevin Martin just has to pick them up now, and you know, go again. And, uh, and make sure they take care of business in the next couple of games. And James, just one last question before we let you go. Obviously, Dublin played again after that heavy defeat to Offaly. Uh, they squeaked by Antrim by just one point. Um, I guess for Pat Kilroy, it's not only a learning experience for himself as a hurling manager, but just even finding out about his panel, about the new guys that are in there, who's cut out for actual championship hurling. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, having to go to Dunloy, um, you know, in, in, in early February, um, you know, if I, if I was a corner forward or a wing forward in the Dolan panel, I wouldn't be looking forward to that one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but look, at it was all about the results and, um, you know, questions were answered. I think Donald Burke came up with the up with the late winner. So, you know, listen, they, they had to put the off performance behind them. And again, it, it was a no-win situation for Gilroy yesterday, you know, heading heading up there. And Antrim, has, you know, would have taken huge encouragement, you know, out of the performance in Saul did against Galway the previous week. So, as I said, the, the key thing was getting was getting the results. They managed that. They know that listen, that this huge improvement required. They know that listen, you know what they served up in the first two matches, you know, isn't going to cut it against Galway, you know, against Wexford, Kilkenny, the level that they're operating at. 
but um, but you know, it's it's Gilroy's learning all the time, and um, and the only way you're going to find out about these players is is in pressure situations, and that was a pressure situation yesterday, and it's all about the result at the end of the day. And, and he still it. has Jamesy half his team to come back. <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah. I know. Listen, you know he's not going to have all the the. the the cooler players. I mean, you'd love to have Conor Callan. That 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 won't be happening available to him. But certainly, you know, they they'll give a lift when they when when they come back in. So, um, listen, there's, there's, there are there are good horrors in Dublin. Um, and you know, the strength of the Dublin club hurling scene probably hasn't been reflecting the performance of the county side in the last couple of years. And you know, it, it's still only February. Gilroy still has a lot of time to get a lot of work into those guys, and, and I'd expect them to improve. Interestingly, too, Jamesy, the opposite of the uh, Offaly situation. Dublin were in the All-Ireland Minor semi-final, weren't they, last year or two years ago? And they were in the All-Ireland Minor, this under-17 final, the special competition we had year last year as well. So Dublin are doing it at underage and it will eventually flow through into... It, 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 yeah, it, it will. And, and, and you know, I'd, I'd imagine as well what you'll probably see, you know, I mean, when Eric Lowndes and, and Kieran Kilkenny and Cormac Costello, you know, were, 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 were playing minor, they were also playing football. Yeah. And... Obviously, you know, given where the footballers are at, that 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 that's where the glamour is. But, you know, I I think you'll probably see, you know, down the line that you know the guys that are coming through playing minor hurling for Dublin, um, hurling, you know, it's more likely to be their number one game. That's the thing that they're gonna they're gonna commit to. And, you know, if Gilroy had Kilkenny and Coslo and Dear McConnelly, you know, and 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 all these guys available to him, um, you know, we'd be licking our lips at the at, at the prospect to see what they could do, um, you know, against Kilkenny or Galway in the in, in the championship. But that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, listen. The, the supply lines are there. Um, you know whether they can produce them at the rate Kilkenny have produced them is, is another story. But certainly, you know if they're there, Gilroy will find them, and that's the, that's the challenge for him. Thanks so much, James. You brilliant stuff. Cheers, that. Cheers. Will. Now it's time to catch up with Rory's stories and get their unique take on GAA life. <laughs> Jesus, Paddy, relax. What's wrong, GAA? Uh, those warm ups are getting harder. Harder. You're just not fit, me old flower. Would you stop them, grand? Come here, was anyone out in the bear last night that bang a gargle in here? Oh, uh, yes, yes, I was out drinking Prosecco all night. Prosecco? Where were you drinking that, you lunatic? Uh, myself and my chums ventured to Lily's last night, and then afterwards we went to wind it up in a house party. I didn't get in my door till ten in the morning. Oh, go on, John. Oh, jeez, that's a great oh. goal. Come here, uh, so uh, how, how's the body now? I would say I'm bits. Oh, I'm in bits. I just need a chicken filler roll. I really hope he doesn't ask me to come on. Jesus, Tommy's down. Sebastian, warm up there now, will ya? Oh, God. That's an absolute joke he gets on there. The smell a drink of him. It's a, I'm a better player than he is, like. Paddy, Sebastian's 100% the better football than you are. You're, you're, no, you he's not. He might, be, he might be a bit fitter, but I'm definitely better. You can't even run. You look ahead and you like. No, that's it. I'm done training. I'm, I'm done with this team. It's no use. Good right, luck. Go on. We'll see you. see you next Tuesday, Paddy. Great stuff from Rory's stories there. That's all we have time for this week on The Throw and Thank you for joining me. And don't forget, I'll have a podcast with Joe Brody tomorrow as we dissect all the weekend's action in football. And we'll be back next Monday for a review of all the football action because we're taking a break from the hurling. In the meantime, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or get us on independent.ie. So until tomorrow or next Monday, thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.